Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, I'm here with Conrad Zarini. Uh, yeah, Conrad Zarini, well done. Uh, f- uh, my companies are called Remax Escarpment and Remax Niagara. We run two different brands uh, throughout Southern Ontario, the Golden Horseshoe, so to speak. Brilliant. So when did you start this business and did you have this phenomenal growth in mind when you started or did it accidentally happen? Yeah, so 11 years ago, we started with approximately around 75, 80 agents, but I had a vision to grow it much larger. So we decided to... Um, bring about the people like it's all about relationships Mm -hmm. and and partnerships so right away right out of the gate I um, decided to bring in a major bank as a um, uh, in-house in-house lender Uh, we actually um, created a a mortgage brokerage as well and uh, create a law firm as well because in Canada we don't use lawyers still close the deals um, title is there is title, but it's a it's a title. It's not insurance. like the U.S. Not, not like, like the U.S. Yeah. Exactly. So lawyers still um, uh, do the transaction, register the mortgages, and all that kind of stuff. So we brought all these people together and thought, how can I start to leverage their knowledge um, of the business? So we started this one-stop shop, and we called it In the Square. And we actually created a space where all the partners were together, and we had synergies. And we also had an insurance company as well, um, property and, and auto insurance. So that's how it started. And then slowly but surely, again, we would, we would do market updates. Uh, we created some really great momentum with all the partnership, a lot of great knowledge sharing, and we started to grow. And now we're at uh, just over 900 agents and two different brands. Uh, and it was very strategic and it was, we, we grew kind of, um, as, we, as we dominated an area, a, a geographic area, then we decided, okay, we, we, we kind of put another office and we kind of done that. So we are... Uh, uninterrupted. So from the U.S. border, like at Fort Erie, which is a small little town on the other side of Buffalo. Cross it often. Yeah. <laughs> so from Fort Erie all the way to Oakville, which is just outside uh, Toronto, right. Mississauga. Yeah. So and again, we are. It's continuous because I always wanted to have continuous, unbroken service for consumers, and I also want to have data, pure, clean data. So we do showing data, all kinds of data that we study, consumer behavior data and things like that as well. So I wanted to have it pure and consistent that we'd be able to offer um, our consumers a, a better a better way to make a decision. Brilliant. So there's many questions and I'm going to miss half of the ones I've got in my head, but let's go back to data. So did you read the book uh, Good to Great? Yes. Mm-hmm. So in Good to Great, one of the things they take a look at is uh, what do you measure? They have the hedgehog principle, like where is the passion? What are you passionate about? What could you be best in the world at? And how do you measure it? And for Walgreens, as an example, they could measure a million things with their computers, but what they chose to measure above all was profitability per shopping bag became the driver for the entire company. So there's lots of data that runs your business. Uh, are there any particular uh, data sets that are more important than others that are predictive or uh, if we monitor this, we're going to be successful? Yeah, we started to look at um, how successful our agents were at retaining their clientele. 
I think that's where it really started. And we looked at how, how successful was the company at retaining that, that particular client. The company was very successful uh, because we, in, in, our, in our little neck of the world, we have about over 30% market share, just our own company in the area. So we felt that we were doing very, very well with that. But we felt the individual agent wasn't doing as well. So we created um, kind of like an um, electronic pre-list. Right. It's called Real Intro. It's, um, it's, a, it's a reputational management um, website, a mobile website for our agents that actually helps, has them rank uh, much higher on, on Google. So when people search somebody, so somebody, Umar, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, hey, Umar was suggested to me, I'm yeah. gonna search him. So you always wanna control your first five. But what we built in this was a, it was an opportunity for them to send it to a client and then the client would, um, would review different, we call them the widgets. So everybody puts their stats, mm -hmm. they've got their warm and fuzzy uh, testimonials, uh, some marketing materials, things about the company. So we would ask, they would monitor what the, what the consumer picked. And then when they would, would go meet with the, uh, the actual home, the seller, they would actually know what they were into. Were they into the warm and fuzzies? Were they into the, the data points and things like that? So then they could focus their presentation on what was very, very important to the consumer. So we've always been all about that. Analyzing the consumer, creating a bespoke strategic marketing plan for that particular home based on their the way they absorb information and knowledge. So that's what we really kind of dug into because we wanted to get those numbers up where they would use the same realtor. Because National Association of Realtors says it's about 23%. We were probably around that 30, 35, 36% and over 70% as a company. Wow, that's uh, pretty huge. So I love AI. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was looking at this one particular interesting use of AI. So there's a problem with uh, dairy farms. The dairy business really sucks because you have to milk the cows often. And so a lot of young people don't want to participate in that industry because like, you know, the quality of life is really low. Yes. So they created this new dairy farm where they gave all the cows a Fitbit that went around their necks. And when Betsy wants to be milked, she comes up to the milking station. It identifies her with the RFID tag. The gates open, she comes in, they automatically wash the udders, the suction device comes in, they milk the cow, they open the door, pat her on the butt, and she goes out in the field, and it's all automated. And what that did was two things. Number one, it became a tourist destination. Old people want to see the automation. Young kids want to see the cows. So all of a sudden, they've got a new income stream. But the thing that intrigued me was, they know when cows get sick. Because they got a Fitbit, they know the gait of the cow. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, Betsy got sick here. Did the gate change? It's like four weeks ago, her gate changed. And that was predictive of her getting sick. So instead of waiting a month to call the vet, as soon as the gate changes, we can call the vet and it's like a small little bill and the cow's happy. So all of that said, you're collecting a lot of data for your agents. Mm -hmm. Are there any predictive numbers that you can go, oh, wait a minute, uh, Joan is falling off the pace or somebody's ready to explode. Uh, do you see any trends like that that you can predict where agents need help or celebration? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, the next generation of our real intro is we're building an algorithm. Well, we, we've already started playing kind of a match game on our website now. So we're trying to, it's very binary now. So consumers would come in and, and pick different disciplines, different areas, and then we'd serve them up some agents. But but the next, gener the next reiteration of it is um, AI. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna be able to match. So Umar, you're like a foodie, you like golf. Conrad, realtor, I like, I'm a foodie, I like golf. And we're gonna kind of match the two together. Because what we feel is 
that you know it's it, it's so interesting. How how do you empower a consumer to pick an agent? It's right. It's it's the the it's agent. A it's a crapshoot, and it's the agents with the biggest marketing budget. Which no no disrespect, because we win. have yeah. we have them that win every day. How about a platform where a consumer can be empowered? Okay, so once the once they've weeded out all the people that don't kind of match with their personality, then they can actually we layer it with stats, days on market, um, your list of sales ratio, all that kind of thing. So a consumer can say, hey, this particular agent, not only do they fit where I'm coming from, but they also will, they also have the, the numbers to back it up as well. Um, and we're going to be doing side-by-side -side comparisons of, of realtors based on, on their stats, almost like, you know, baseball cards in a sense, right? And looking at their stats all side-by-side. Nice. Side. Because, you know, everybody, the big cop-out, and I find always with coaches, and everybody says, well, you don't keep in touch. The reason why you lose that, that, that client is you don't keep in touch. I think it's at the beginning where you, it wasn't a pure match. Something happened during the transaction. I don't know what it was where you became an adversary or instead of an advocate or whatever it might have been that just rubbed them it the wrong the way. Tone. Set the tone. And then they always seem to remember that. But if we were to match people at the very beginning and, and, you, and you don't even have to mirror the, the, other, the right. other, because you are already a mirror of that, that, that client. I think if we can match people better together, because everybody's so different, it's and that's the beauty of this business. match, but match and measure. Yes. So the theory is, the hypothesis is this, and then we monitor. But let me ask you a question, Conrad. Is there somebody in your life right now that you don't speak to often, that you know it could be three years by when you speak to them next, but it feels like you just spoke to them yesterday. There is no time that's lost. There's a connection there that yes. transcends time. Who's that for you? Well, it's, it's probably a, there's an aunt, my, my, dad's, uh, my dad's sister, um, that we, we don't talk enough, but we just went, it's funny because we just all went out for um, uh, lunch, or actually dinner the other day. I was getting a, an MRI where she lives. She mm -hmm. lives out of town. And uh, my niece, well, my cousin and her, we went out for, for dinner. And it was like we hadn't lost a second. A second. And that's what you're trying to yeah. do. What it sounds like is that you make that connection up front. Yes. And then it... Uh, then it's, oh. yes. Then it's super easy. Look, I am the laziest guy in the room, I will tell you. So I used to sell. I was actively selling 25 years ago. Right. The other day, I get a call, and it has some initials on it. 7.30 in the morning. I pick up the call, and, the, and he says, and I said, hello, Conrad speaking. It's 7.30 a.m. I'm thinking, was it somebody from out east? Because yeah. uh, somebody out east, Europe. I'm thinking, who could call me at 7.30? And the guy says, hey, it's John. His actual name is John. <laughs> he goes, it's John. And he said, you sold me a house, a new build, 20 years ago. And you were so patient with my wife and I. We'd love you to help us buy a house again. Now, I have not communicated with these people. For like, two decades. Yeah, two decades. Exactly two decades. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. So I'm not active selling. So I, 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 uh, I did actually meet with them. And it was like we had not lost a bit of time exactly we connected and the funny thing is john and i would always and her name is believe it or not is mary <laughs> so hopefully they'll listen to the story but john and i would group together because mary's got a very strong personality right. and john's salt of the earth and and john and i pick on mary <laughs> and we picked up right where we left off which was amazing and mary's like damn it yeah <laughs> so yeah she goes, maybe it wasn't such a good idea but john took the lead to call me but but the thing is this it's it's interesting because yeah i think that's what it really comes down to i think at that that's what it's all about look i'm i'm, I'm all about communication and i but I, but i enriching communication like don't mm -hmm. just send and i always make fun of people that send newsletters with uh beer can chicken recipes like we are not like yeah. why are we the dispenser that's of like, recipes <laughs> that's like hokey and inauthentic yes so my personal theory is this 
is that a there's a better version of Conrad in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And right now, when you look at your agents, the 900 plus, there's some agents that stand out and some of them you kind of go, you know, if Jane would just be more confident here because everyone around her can see she's a rock star. For some reason she just isn't. That when she steps into who she truly is, you don't have to put on ears. Yes. And yeah. then that's what people connect with is when they Completely. connect with you and you're the authentic self, that's mm -hmm. when magic happens. Yeah. Well, that authenticity. And they're always talking about that authenticity. But it's funny because a lot of coaches and, and the big, like I said, the big cop out is, well, wait a minute, you, you're, not, you're not communicating to them enough. But I think if you give them this great experience and this true authentic self, I'll give you a great example. We had an agent, her, um, her name was Josie. She's still with us. She's mm -hmm. kind of semi-retired. Back in the day when we advertised in newspapers, she would do a border of elephants, you know, nose to snout, um, yeah. like trunk to tail, yeah. trunk to tail all around her ad. Yeah. Innocuous, nobody really. But the people that were collecting and into elephants, loved it. Know, they loved it and they would call her just because of that subliminal elephant image. But it was there, it was subtle, but there. And they connected and, and she became known as uh, the elephant lady, but for, for but more positive reasons. reasons. Yeah. yeah. And she used to collect elephants and she used to, the, the kids used to come into her office and they'd get to pick an elephant. She would have like four or 500 different elephants because we would all give her elephants right. and she collected them and kids would come in and they would make their day. And she had this whole career based on this elephant commonality Love thing. It. Yeah. So in my worldview, every single human being on planet Earth has a purpose in life. The only problem is most people don't know what it is. And nobody has time to go to a meditation retreat for two years. But there's ways of doing that. And when we teach people what their purpose is, they can actually make that their brand as a realtor. Mm -hmm. And what that does is they don't have to pretend to be something. This is who I am. And when you do that, people get attracted to that. And uh, world according to Umar, we each have three faces. We have this face we show the outside world. Mm -hmm. Look at me, I'm pretty, I'm amazing, I'm smart. By the way, I am. Uh, <laughs> In your case, it's true. Yeah, it's true. it happens to me. <laughs> and my wife would say, you're not as funny as you think. But anyway, then you've got uh, other people that are like, I'm broken, I'm a victim. And that's their mask they show the outside world. Then they have a sense of who they are. This is who I am. But then there's a true authentic self. And I think part of the journey is of life is finding that true authentic self because then you don't have this illusion of who you think you are, you know who you are. Mm -hmm. And when you've got that in confidence, this is what you show the outside world. And that's the sense I get of you, is that what I see here today on this interview is what you'd be, who you'd be if you're hanging out with friends. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. John and Mary. Well, well exactly, and I, and, I, and I had a very transparent experience. Like Back in the day, we used to present offers. We didn't have DocuSign. <laughs> so we would have kitchen table like this, which yeah. was amazing. And you'd, you'd drive back to their house at you know 11.30 p.m and get it signed and, and I kind of miss that that whole you know part of it but again I always try to I never tried to demonize the other side but I always try to say hey this is what's going on this is what they're doing this is my this is my thoughts this is why they've come back with the sign back you know I always said they're five-year-olds playing soccer maybe it's about the number but maybe we can deal with the the closing date or some of the other uh, other conditions or, or terms and that's what I always said I always played this you know arm like I always made them included them into this whole transaction nice. where a lot of realtors were like oh I got to keep it to myself I'm not going to do expert, that yeah. but but I think I've always believed in transparency and, and look we're, we're in the age of the self-educated consumer and they often know more than we know and I think it's all about uh, you know feeding into that look they're gonna have six weeks eight weeks they're gonna be right into the real estate transaction we're into it 24 7 
why not include them, be a part of it? It's a huge investment. And I think I've always believed in that. And, and yeah, it's, it's very interesting. How do you get that true, authentic self? Uh, how do you attract people, that law of attraction? Um, I, you know, I've talked about passion pages oh, with people. Absolutely. They, they, they try them for a little while. They, they all tell me, Conrad, it really, really worked. And then like six, seven, eight months later, this it died. Yeah. But I, I think that's really what it's all about. Because if you look at any of my social media, it's me doing sound bites, sound bites, sound bites. Because I love sharing. I love opening it up. I, it's funny. I have so many of my competitors that watch my sound bites. And I see so many of my competitors using the things I said in my sound bites. <laughs> so, but, but that's what it's all about, right? It's all about uh, making a better industry and making a better, better, better self and the whole experience. I think so. And it, it's part of that. How do you connect with people in a way that's authentic? Because when you do that, this is where you get trust. And when you were talking there, one of the things I was thinking about is data is available everywhere. Mm -hmm. But data is bullshit. What's genius is analysis. And I think that's where the consumer can look at the data, but it's the realtor, if there's trust there, they can put it into context. Exactly. This is what it means. And that level of trust that they have with their prospect makes that data more believable and more useful. And I think that's why people hire real estate agents if they really think about it is because the transaction, quote unquote, isn't that difficult, but there's lots of areas to make mistakes. And if you've got someone that knows what they're doing mm -hmm. and they can interpret what's going on, what are the other people thinking, this is what we should do, that's the magic of real estate. Oh, I agree. I think you're right about the data. I always say if you can tell people something, two things they did not know, you build that incredible trust bridge. And I think that's really critical. But a lot of agents are lazy. <laughs> um, and I think, well, look, one of my pet peeves is average price. So in Canada, we have a thing called the benchmark price, which our Canadian Real Estate Association created. So it takes the high highs out and the low lows. Interesting. Uh, it seasonally adjusts. And also what it does is it looks at, you know, two bedrooms versus four bedroom, five bedroom, three bedroom, and all that kind of stuff. And it puts it all together. And it's called the benchmark price, or we have the home price index. Home price index shows you trends and the benchmark price puts it in terms of dollars and cents. So people can kind of understand, uh, you know, it's almost like average price. So there's areas in Canada where they don't talk about average price anymore, like Calgary, for instance. Right. They don't even deal with average price because average price is very deceiving. It was yesterday. Yeah. And their price is like exactly, and the other problem is that you either have a bunch of low, 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 um, low priced inventory pulling it down, or some high priced inventory pulling it up. So this benchmark is 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 the well, excuse the pun. It's the benchmark yeah. for pricing, and it really gives a good indication of where the market is. And it's interesting because if you look at average price versus benchmark price, you could make you could really misguide people on it. And, and that's what one of my big pet peeves, I just wrote a blog about it, is the media using average price and applying the new interest rates to the average price and all that kind of stuff. And really the average price, they're, they're starting with the wrong number to begin with. And, and it's really causing consumers uh, a lot of confusion. I think it's, it's beholden upon us in the industry to kind of educate and give that other perspective. So take the data, but take good data, proper data, do the proper analysis and do a deeper dive because a lot of the data is this widespread Canada or you know, statewide or provincial wide. I think you gotta go really deep into the neighborhoods and, and, and really analyze where there's some opportunities and things like that. Like a little deeper dive. And that's what, that's what realtors are all about, that whole, local, that whole local knowledge broker, like brokering local knowledge, right? Brilliant. So I came into this office. This is in uh, Burlington yes. on Brant Street. Yes. And it has a, a really nice look and feel of the office. Mm -hmm. Like we're sitting at this table right here, it's really nice. This could be in any boardroom. Mm -hmm. So there's a brand that you're creating. This is the only part of the brand that I've seen. 
Yes. Is yeah. you waiting outside for me, greeting me, yeah. which is very nice. And two, just kind of the look and feel of the place. So talk to me about your offices have different looks and feels or is there a certain level of quality? Like what are you going for? What kind of experience are you trying to create? Before you answer that, yeah. one of the things that really fascinates me is when you see architecture. Mm -hmm. There's architecture that's nice. There's architecture that makes you feel something, mm -hmm. which is magic. So what are you trying to get people to feel and does it change office to office? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, um, so some of the, we're big investors in our offices. So we've had older offices in the fleet, and the, and and one of the issues when you have fourteen offices, and they're all open. So we we have finger readers. So every office has a finger. We don't have fobs. We've, for right. ten years, we've had a finger reader. So we always say you can't. You lose. want your employees to give you the finger. Yeah, exactly. That's our line. You you know, you once in a while, you can give us the finger, and we're okay with it. So basically, yeah, they you know they could just zoom in, zoom out to office. So we wanted to have that accessibility. So we had some older offices that we had to upgrade, and but we we always took something of what was in the old office. Like this one has a bank. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah, the vault. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. And so we tried to always do something with the old office, but the original office. So there were some 70s offices with wood on the ceiling back in the 70s. So we, we recreated that in, a, in again in something more more of a modern feel to it. But the cornerstone of all our offices was education because our culture is a culture of curriculum. So right. curriculum is you know people just think curriculum is studies. Well, it's it's the whole lifestyle of the student. It's it's the buildings. It's you're right. It's the architecture. It's how people feel. Uh, it's 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 events that you do for the the students. So we tried to create that. In, in, a, in an office environment. So big cornerstone of most of our offices, if you would have gone to any of our large offices, is we have these um, meeting rooms that are have flexible walls that open up and they are training centers. So we have training centers probably in about, I would say eight of the 14 offices, because that's the thing we were all about, meeting, masterminding, collaborating. Uh, we would do uh, meetings, like our, our annual meetings, we do seven, we do seven meetings, 11 days. We did a traveling road tour of, of office so meetings. So like an IPO, you're just yeah, going just around. Go, yeah. Exactly, and we would do that. We do these market updates. Now, now you know, after COVID virtually, we've gone that virtual. So now we've gone even hybrid now. So we have, um, we created a large, we have a 120 seat training center. That's almost like a, a television studio. So we can have a studio audience. Mm -hmm. uh, we have um, robotic cameras in the ceiling so that the people at home on Zoom land can can see the audience. Nice. And we have speakers in the room. So when a Zoom land person asks a question, it's in the room. So they feel like they're in the room. And it's very, you know, it's very three-dimensional and Brilliant. we have guests coming and going. So we made it like like you would be on, let's say, on a talk show. So we created that whole experience and then people at home and then there's that studio audience because we found you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube <laughs> because people still maybe want to watch, you know, want to absorb information at home in their, in their pajamas, <laughs> so to speak, right? Yes. So really, the if you went to any of our offices, that would be one of the front and center. It's usually right at the front. It's a training room. So it, again, we're all about education, um, evolving um, processing of information. So that's the first thing that you would see. And we have a lot of people in the offices now. We offices. Some of our offices are twelve and thirteen thousand square feet. Believe it or not, like people want individual offices. They're they're bringing their assistants there um, and things like that, using the facilities for that. They're meeting their their teams there. So there's always something going on in one of those. Uh, there's always an event going on somewhere. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. So here's my description of uh, best way to describe a company and its culture. If you had a white sheet of paper, just like you did in elementary school science class and you put a magnet underneath it, and you sprinkled iron filings on the paper, they would move to the lines of flux. So the paper is the company. Yeah. 
the ardent filings are the behaviors and the attitudes of the staff. Mm -hmm. And the magnet underneath is the culture or the beliefs of the company. So when you have a thousand agents, different personalities, mm -hmm. how do you maintain culture? Like there's probably a vibe you want, a connection you want, caring, doing better. How do you measure culture? First, what is your culture? How do you measure it? And how do you course correct when people are not quite getting it? Yeah, so again, our culture is a culture of curriculum. So it's looking at the, the agent in their whole, their life, from the social life to uh, education, to actually, you know, the simple thing of processing transactions and all that kind of stuff and tools and technology. So that's really what we're all about. So we've done something a little different. So we don't have a manager in every office. So what we've done is we created a, um, a group of specialists. So we have, um, we have a, you know, in the old days we used to call it a marketing department. Now it's an agency. So we have graphic designers. We have people that specialize in, in um, online advertising. They're, they're, we're, some of our people are Google Premier Partners. Uh, they're building landing pages. We're, we're teaching our agents how to create their own um, online lead generation ecosystem. And also we, have, um, we also have inside salespeople that are nurturing leads off of our websites and then we distribute them back to the team. So at the end of the day, all the entire staff from the front desk is all about how do we service our agents completely? We were the first people, we actually have a, we actually have a appointment center with human beings. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of the appointments are done online, but there's always something that goes wrong. An agent doesn't, the lockbox or whatever, the code's not working or something. There's always something that goes wrong or, or a seller like wants to call and not email and what have you. So we have human beings actually answering and we found that's a huge thing for us. And we also look at the data of appointments by, by price category and everything like that. So. Part of our thing is if we can't measure it, we don't effing do it, <laughs> okay? And we wanna give data back to the sellers, like this is what's happening. So our number one, let's say our number one sale price in their area is like two to three million. They're priced at two and a half million. They haven't had any showings. Well, then we say, hey, you know, Houston, we got a problem here. So we gotta make an adjustment and we can show them that, that data point. They understand that completely. Um, so we're all about numbers. We can't measure it, we don't do it. Uh, my mom, who's been worked with we're partners and we work together. My mom is there in her office from 10 a.m. to probably 8 p.m., <laughs> okay? And the entire staff knows that. She's legendary. Her office is kind of in the middle of the whole organization, so a lot of people are there sometimes late at night. Um, and people see the way we work, uh, like my sister. So I have all, my, both my sisters are involved in business. And as we grew, we pulled them in. They weren't always there. Nice. But as we grew, there was opportunities for them to join us. But I wasn't going to hire them if they didn't bring a specialty to the organization. So my sister Joey brings an IT specialty. Uh, my sister Mary, brought, she went to work for a property management company. So she brings the property management side of it. So that kind of thing. We have, we have a company coach, a business coach. We have a videographer on staff. It's not about video of homes, but it's about personal videos and how to distribute video and how to edit video so we, we he's got his own team we have a full-on agency that does like i said all that all the marketing, all the marketing. Nice. we have an upper end so we're in what what what's the first of its kind in in canada which is the remax collection which is an upper end um and again there's thresholds and the people that are in this office so it's again it's more boutique -y, um like in the style of london uh you know the the the, the london high office or the right locations right those locations um so we did it in that tradition and it's a downtown here and the same thing we did in niagara and the lake as well so again we had a specialist that did high end and she's bringing all that so she now helps the entire team um do go into that high end territory so 
and, and what's interesting is because it's a confidence builder because I think people need confidence to enter that realm and we create a whole bunch of tools to back them up and we just teach them how to present them and use them and measure them to help their consumers make better decisions. So really that's what it's all the way through. So all the way through from the person that just answers the phone to our to our customer service in our appointment center and, and our ISAs, it all kind of follows through in terms of how can we help consumers first? Because they're paying the bill. And a lot of our tech and a lot of our websites are very consumer focused. Um, we have a neighborhood site, so people can analyze by neighborhood. We have an upper end site, luxury site. So, um, and actually we're gonna be launching an iBuyer. Uh, so we, what does that mean we, okay, in English? English, the instant buyer. Mm -hmm. So you know instant buyer, remember Zillow got involved in instant buyer and they mm -hmm. kind of bought all those homes. But we're actually, ours is called realibuyer.com. So it's the real estate agent is front and center um, through the whole transaction. Uh, and, and helps guide people along uh, under a different platform. Uh, rather than the MLS, it's gonna be a, a, a smaller closed platform. We're looking at, there's, there's, I find there's D plus and C minus listings that are not making on the market because consumers are saying, I don't want that vulnerability of, you know, maybe I'm a little bit of a clutter, you know, bug or whatever it is, but we wanna be able to have those, those homes come to the market. And now that we're into this market where it's shifting a little, we, I think people wanna say, I want my home sold Okay, maybe in a small, maybe test the market in a smaller, uh, smaller format with with real eyebar with with agents involved, and and then you know then with cash in hand go to buy. So it's it's time. The time is ripe for it to happen in Canada, and we're going to be launching that probably September October. Brilliant. Uh, two more questions for sure. you. Maybe three. I like. Okay. So you run this company. There's probably areas that you need improving. Mm. And right now, there's probably more polishing left and not much cutting left to do. So where's an area that you're focusing on you to be a better leader? Well, I, um, you know, when we started this conversation, you said, well, this is a great format. You can think about it. You need it now. <laughs> yeah, not, I, I'm taking my, my mulligan or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Or my lifeline. Maybe I call somebody. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, it's funny. It's... Um, we, we don't brag enough. Like these are great opportunities yeah. that I can showcase what we do. And, and I do international speaking, like we had mentioned before we started. Like, you know, it, it's great. These are the, the opportunities that we have to, to do that. And I think speaking, speaking about what we do and our systems and everything has made it even that much better. So that's what I found. I, thought, I found, you know what, I have to talk about it. Because you, you, you know the whole visualization thing. So I found I, if I talk about it and, and people start to use it and adopt it, there's some validation. Because the, the problem is it's um, how do I get my team to adopt adoption is the biggest key thing so we, we had to create something where they would have a reason to adopt it so a lot of these tools like real iBuyer uses real intro we also have uh, a site called duty um, dutyagent.com which is a virtual duty agent on duty and again it serves up uh, real intro so we had to create these things to get engagement but i think part of it is and what everybody says is it's a fire hose. They come and join our company. It's a fire hose of tools and, and things and they just get overwhelmed. And I think it's stop, take a breath. <laughs> I think that's what I have to do a lot more of. Take a breath, find opportunities, build engagement because that's what keeps me up at night. How can I engage you know, my agents to use, utilize the tools? How can I convince them that these tools are you know, really the way real estate is going? Our dutyagent.com is very simple. People can search on it. Okay, one of the options is they can search on it and they can say, you know what, I want to see this. I can, I'm available to see this house today between three and six o'clock. Who can show me? So our real intro profile, so all of our people on real intro will get notified 
of a certain area that, you know, I don't know, some neighborhood, let's say downtown mm-hmm. Burlington, they'll get notified that, are you free between this time and this time? And then it'll cap it at five. And then the consumer will be able to go through those real intro profiles and decide and pick the which ideal, one the, yeah. which one. So, and again, we've made it so easy that they can flip a video on that neighborhood or they can do some stats on that neighborhood. So when they send their, their profile, the consumer can say, wait, this person really is on the ball. So this is where we're going and give that better experience and, and help people be attentive to the, the, the needs of their consumers. So that's what keeps me up. Take a breath, slow it down. I, that's, that's really the key thing because we're constantly coming up with new tools and things like that. And we're not taking the breath and educating and showing people how to use them, use them properly. But it's one of those, is it the stick or the carrot? Like sometimes you say, if you do this, you're going to do business, right? And we have agents that practice everything we do. And we point to them all the time, but a lot of people say, well, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I'll stay with yeah. what I'm doing. But if you really want to know, that's where I, we have to improve. And it's, and it's bragging more and bragging properly. I don't think we boast enough about what we're doing. Um, I don't think we do that enough uh, it, w- internally. Because some people say, I didn't even know we had that tool. And, and to the outside world. Brilliant. And I think intent is such an important aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Like your intent is to empower your agents. Yes. I want you to shine. This is a way for you to do that. And sometimes people take it as in, oh God, not another freaking tool. And what are they trying to do to me? And I think it's communicating that intent is like so critical. So two last questions. This one, I'm going to get you to look at the camera. And so here is the question. Conrad, what makes you happy? Oh, (laughs) boy. Well, I think when we look at some of the numbers and it's the adoption rate and when, when we get those success oh, stories. Oh, so let me pause you right there. Okay, sure. So this is uh, Conrad the human being. Oh, Conrad the person the human being. in front of me. Like, what's in this world? What makes you happy? Where am I the most happiest? No. Or <laughs> so I, I started this. Is this the toughest question of all time. <laughs> so I sold my house in okay, May, <laughs> May last year. Okay. And the thought was have I made an impact in the world? And the answer was not enough. If I stay in this house with my comfortable clients and my comfortable friends, nothing is going to change till I die. So I sold the house, got rid of all the possessions and went on a quest. And when I was in uh, Greece for five weeks, as I was leaving, it occurred to me what I could do to make the world a better place. And so the Uber driver driving me there, I asked him this question, Antonio, what makes you happy? And he said, I work 12 hours driving an Uber, and in the evenings I go home and I take my eight-year-old son and my wife, and we walk by the Mediterranean. Mm. And that makes me happy. So I've been asking people around the world, because it's never, when I get the Tesla, you got three, so it doesn't count. (laughs) Or I get the job, or I get the girl, or I get the whatever. It's, no one has ever said that so far. It's always something attainable, simple, elegant, worthwhile. And the idea is somebody watching your happiness testimonial will go, you know what? I could do that. Yeah. Well, look, it's very interesting because you're going down that path about, you know, what makes you happy in your, your, your own, your own path. And, and I would always, when I sit up in front of an audience, especially brokers, I say, are you making a difference? That's the question. Like, Look, we, there's so many other industries, so many other businesses to be in. Real estate can be very lonely. There's a combination of things, stressful. But at the end of the day, 
can you make a difference? Can you make a difference in your family's life? Can you make a difference in your community's life? And can you make a difference in, in your agent's life? And that's really where it were. And in your client's life, if you're, if you're a practicing realtor, you know, it's funny. And, and, and I go with my mom because my mom's been in the business 50 years and my mom's, whenever she's not feeling very happy, she's got a special little file <laughs> that is these kind of agent testimonials or cards that, you know, they said, you know, I, tried something and it worked and thank you for that few minutes you know it just put me on you know put me on track and thanks for understanding what I was going through and I think to me and I and I have to borrow a page from her because I get the same thing on a, on a weekend when I'll get a text from somebody saying you know what I saw that video you did and I used that video the dialogue in a very uncomfortable situation and it and it worked and it felt right and it was natural and the client appreciated. So to me, what makes me the most happy, again, I get to travel, I get to speak. When people tell me that, they text me or, or private message me and say, you know, I did something that you talked about or you brought something out in me that I never thought. To me, that's probably, that's my happy place. That's the wow, yeah, brilliant. That's my happy place. Me too, that's the wow in the work. When you get feedback saying you changed my life or this really helped, it's like huge. Last question. Is there I like the Mediterranean thing? Yes. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, do it there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Read those texts yeah. while you're walking the Mediterranean. Now you've got it. So, what is a mind hack you'd like to share with folks? Something that makes you more productive, happier, smarter, sexier, sleep better. What's a little simple trick you'd like to share with the world that uh, they could use to just improve the quality of their life? Well, you know, it's, it's a simple trick, but it's. It's simple, but yeah, complex. I'm, I'm a voracious reader and I, when I'm reading things, I'm looking at a filter of how I can apply it to you know, my life. And, I, and, I, and I, that's nothing new, but I don't think people do enough of it or, or listen to podcasts. I think it's really critical. I think uh, it depends how you absorb information, but it, to me, reading, applying, you know, you know, when this whole pandemic came, I had to really, this whole virtual instruction, virtual life, like I just absorbed it and, and, and tried to find out the human behavior behind it and, and how, to, how to do it better. I think that's really what my personal thing is. Just stop, figure out where your, the, the gaps are in your life, in your business, and, and do some research. And, um, there's, and look, I always find too, I have a huge library. Sometimes I go to books that are 10 years old and I, find, and I pull it out and I just say, hey, wait a minute, like, this is a time to revisit this. And, uh, and, and reread. I think we don't do enough of that. Find that time to do it. I'm so blessed because I get to travel overseas and I read probably by the time I'm done my trip, two, three books. Um, and, and find, and look, and the other thing too, and I'll tell you, and Seth Godin said it, I, I watched it on a video, probably about a 20 year old video. What changed his life was writing and writing a blog. It changed his life. And I started writing a blog and it changed my life. And I thought, do I have a book in me? Possibly, <laughs> right? I could have a book in me, but I felt when I was able to articulate and, and pull my life in, my life experience with what was going on today, um, it, it, it was liberating. It, to me, just sit down, look, start with analyzing stories and articles and, and give it your own two cents and then start to develop your own voice. I, to me, it was liberating. Um, and it, it made me a better human, a better leader, 
and um, yeah, and 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 a better uh, broker owner as well, and and industry person. I think it did. It just did. It forced me to research and do what I enjoyed. I enjoyed my university life very much, and I and I brought it back. And the research and digging and finding those little nuggets that people really enjoy. I think that's that's critical. It takes a little effort, but it, it's it's soothing to me. I don't golf. I cook. <laughs> so you know when you're cooking you're it's by yourself and you're kind of analyzing things it's it's um and i read really i think it's it, that to me has been my 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 best uh the best tidbit i can give you and, and start writing things my biggest regret in my life is i never wrote a journal and when i was selling when i was deep in the trenches the stories and the the life experiences of the time and the people you came like all lost they come back but i'll tell you if you can if you can capture it, capture it that's the best. Conrad, uh, thank you so much for sitting down with me. And probably the biggest thing I took away was that last piece of advice. It's putting that filter on. When you're reading something, if it's like, I'm gonna read this, that's fine. Or hopefully this teaches me something, it's fine. But if you go, what can I apply? Mm -hmm. It just focuses the mind and that stuff's just gonna pop up. If you didn't have that filter, it would not. Conrad, thank you so much for being on the show and I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you, thank you for having me. It was awesome that you could be in Canada and uh, this is a great platform and uh, I enjoyed, I watched some of your podcasts do research on this, but you know, you kind of, you changed questions around a little bit, so I couldn't do that much research. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for this opportunity. It's been, it's been amazing. So you're uh, very talented, quite thank talented. You. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 